tuned into the Marriage Project on Faith FM and you're listening to Bethany and Chapo, where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how that translates into real life. I'm so glad that you are joining us from wherever you are today. That's right. This afternoon, we are going to be talking all about boundaries and not just boundaries around our marriage, even the idea of boundaries within our marriage which is a whole crazy idea. It feels weird to talk about. And I think that, like, there's a lot of stuff from, like, helpful celebrity people on social media about, like, how to have boundaries. And a lot of people talk about, like, cutting people off and getting rid of toxic people in your life and all that sort of stuff these days. But I wanted to talk about, well, what does it mean for marriage and what is it actually a Bible thing or is it just, like, a pop culture thing? Yeah. That sort of stuff too. I I can almost guarantee that the the further we go into this discussion, the less weird it will seem. It seems weird. Like Because it even seemed weird to me at first. And then the more we explored it, I was like, you know what? This is actually pretty legit. It is legit. And this is full of biblical concepts. So, And it's something that personally I've been learning about because I'm not a very well-boundaried person and I haven't been and I've struggled with the development of that over the years because yeah. it hurts me because I'm a yeah. real, I'm a chronic people pleaser. We are not experts at life. Nah. Now, <laughs> or marriage or anything. <laughs> no, no, it's important. Like, where are we going with this? Well, we talk about stuff that we are passionate about. Yes. But it doesn't mean that we are the best examples of this at all times. And I'm saying this because we're talking about boundaries and both you and I are some of the probably most worst people I know about keeping good boundaries established in life and work and emotions and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Maybe not the worst. I know some train wrecks have people, but um, <laughs> God loves them. And, uh, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? And, and the, the last thing I would ever want people to think is that, oh, Chubb and Bethany do a radio show now because they think they're so awesome and everyone needs to learn from them about how great they are. And that's not true. No. It's, and that's the whole purpose of the marriage project is that it's not like, hey, look at us. We've got an awesome marriage. Copy us. It's, hey, look at scripture. Let's talk about it. Copy scripture. Cause that's what we're about. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way of saying it. Oh, thanks. And we just want to be part of those real conversations, but it doesn't always mean that we're really the people who know all about it or who are perfect at it because there are no perfect people. And yeah. We're getting, we're getting through life yeah. and we're sorting it out. And boundaries is a hard one. And it boundaries is. has become so much harder over the last two years with a complete mishmash and merging of uh, what used to be your work and home boundaries and what used to be your school and life boundaries and parenting boundaries and all yes. this kinds of stuff, the boundaries that were once well established have gone out the window. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, um, yeah I'm exhausted right yeah. now. I'm so tired. I probably shouldn't be on the radio at the moment because I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> that absolutely. Like, we're just coming out of a season where work-life boundaries were impossible, where – getting support with your kids was really, really hard where they didn't even go to school and we were just trying, you know, it felt like the walls of our house were getting smaller and smaller as we were all living there and working there and trying to get things done and, you know, trying to reply to emails really late at night because it's after you've done all the kids' schoolwork and it just was a crazy time. Yeah, it is a crazy time. And trying to do church online and still be pastoral to people and still trying to navigate reopening church and being COVID safe and, and dealing with people who are going through immense grief because of what this season has cost them. And, oh, man, it's just like there is so yeah. much. On. I've even heard some celebrity pastors who have said this has been the most difficult season 
to minister through. Celebrity like, pastors are saying that. Yeah, and if they're like all like famous and well resourced, <laughs> and they're they don't even they don't even write their own sermons. They've got like a sermon <laughs> writing team. They've got like a fashion advisor and all this sort of stuff. Like, and they're saying it's hard. Yeah, they've got like personal like they've got a PA and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. It's a, so it's okay. So the poor dude's slugging it out in their local church of, you know, 100 people or less and trying to really make an impact in their community and keep church alive and not knowing what they're coming back to on the other side of this because that's a real thing. Like, yeah. we are praying and we are working as hard as we can and we are trying to lean into God and have faith, but the reality is is we don't know what is on the other side of this and, yeah, it's yeah. A, we're out here. It's been pretty crazy. We're out here. And I'm just going, that's a lot, but it's also not even what we're talking about today because today we're talking about boundaries. I told you I was tired and I don't know if I should be on the radio today. <laughs> today we're talking about boundaries. Are they important in married in married life, in marriage? Are they important in marriage? Do you need to have a boundary to the outside world and do you need to have a boundary around yourself as an individual when you're a married person? Yeah. So first up, are boundaries important in marriage? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, but like as a Christian, what about forgiveness and grace and being a servant and being selfless? And if you have boundaries, are you selfish? Yeah. Are you not like Jesus? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to answer some of these questions, yeah. but boundaries create the spaces that you can serve from the best. Correct. A boundaryless life leads to um, a complete burnout and frustration where you are no good for anyone. It's yeah. about being a blessing to others for the short term or the long term, and you can give to yourself to the point of exhaustion, and then you're done, yeah. and then you resent ministry. You resent service. You resent being helpful. Yes. Um, I think sometimes and- we take the comparisons to our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ a little bit too um, realistic, forgetting that he served as God in human flesh, as a Jewish man who only had to minister for three and a half years before his time of ministry was complete. It's very different um, when you're trying to do a long-term run with a family and um, you need boundaries so that you can serve the best you can, yeah. so that you can minister to your own kids and your own wife and, yeah, as well as the people around you. Yeah, so boundaries create a space where we can be generous towards others. And I love that Brene Brown, one of my favourite ladies. Oh, have you ever says, talked about her before? I don't know, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, anyway, um, she says that there's a – is it an acronym when it's like letters that mean something? Yeah, like yeah. like it's a word and then you have a, a word for each letter of that word. Yeah, yeah so that, yeah. she has an acronym about it and it's called BIG. So the first thing is boundaries, which is – what am I saying yes to? What am I saying no to? How can I create those in my life? Okay. The second is integrity, I, which is how can I still be me when I'm creating those boundaries? How can I be a person of integrity? How can I live according to my values and how are they related to my boundaries? Sure. And then the last one is G, which is generosity. So boundaries, integrity, generosity. How can I, after having my boundaries in place, after being integrity integral? To myself. <laughs> How yeah. can I then be generous to you as another person? And it's if you don't have those other two things in place, then it's hard to be generous without feeling resentful. Sure. And, okay. Yeah. That's so cool. I thought that was Boundaries, a good integrity, and generosity. Big. Big deal. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think that there's something that I'm going to be referring to today as well. If you want to do some further reading about having boundaries as a Christian person, there's a book and it's been around for a while and it's by a guy called Henry Cloud. It is called Boundaries and it has a big pencil on the front. Yeah. If you, it's like if you put in cloud boundaries in Google, 
it will come up. And yeah. he's got some just some really great stuff that I didn't think of in terms of how to live out that big life, how to have boundaries, integrity, and be generous towards others while not feeling violated myself. It's still like the classic work after all these years on the concept of boundaries. Yeah, it's been around for a while. And yeah. you can pick it up fairly cheaply from like Kurong or your local book Christian bookstore. Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. And I listen Better books to and it. Food. I audiobooked that because yeah. I'm all about that audiobook life at the moment. It helps me to do more effective reading as mum life. And car life and life life. (laughs) So before we go any further, talking about boundaries, I just want to acknowledge an idea Mm. that I don't think all boundaries are good. Yeah. I think you have to acknowledge that there are boundaries that are good and there are boundaries that are bad. Yeah. Or boundaries that are helpful and boundaries that are unhelpful. Well, no, I would say there's boundaries that um... are straight up awful. (laughs) For example, for example, and this has nothing to do with marriage, right? Yeah. But- you're aware that in the ancient worship um, of God that, that the Jewish people did, there was a section of the courtyard in the temple that was called the Gentile courtyard, and there was a boundary. Like it was a literal Physical, fence, yep. a wall that had stamped onto that wall, if you go beyond this wall, you will be responsible for your own death. So that the yeah. Gentiles were excluded by a physical boundary to one place that was usually the dirtiest and stinkiest part of the, you know, where all the animals were being sold, where Jesus flipped the tables and so forth, that was the only place they were allowed to be, right? Um, and, yeah, I'm just saying that's a good example of, I think, boundaries that are not good. Boundaries well, that's, that are that's racism and exclusivity. That's demonising another person. Yep. And the Bible says that Jesus crushed that boundary when he died on the cross Correct. as well. So but yeah. as an example, there could also be bad boundaries that were part of a marriage as well. Yeah. Like, so selfishness. Yeah. And so there's one thing to be protecting yourself and to establish your boundaries. The other is to be completely selfish and never considering the other person's needs, feelings, wants, desires at all. Yeah. And that's not a marriage either. That's no, and people might have sort of certain ideals about who they are and what they represent in their marriage. Like, I am the man. I don't iron ever. <laughs> I chop wood and use chainsaws and drills and hammers, but I do not wash dishes and I do not. Don't no one do an audio grab of this because, like, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like that would be a real negative boundary. Yeah, it's a very rigid boundary that's not taking into consideration the needs of your spouse. Correct. Yes, um, and then I guess the most extreme version of that would be. Abuse where what you need completely takes over the other person and they are not allowed to be themselves or have a sense of self at all and yep. are completely violated and treated as not a human being. Correct. Yep. So I think we've just, we've done and spent enough time saying that yes, there are two kinds of boundaries boundaries that are good and helpful and boundaries that are either bad, awful, or unhelpful. Yep. And we need to get into focusing on the boundaries that are good that actually make sense and make marriage better and stronger. But we need to take a break. Right on. So stick with us here on Faith FM. We will be back very soon. What a wondrous love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul. What a wondrous love is this, this cost the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul. You bear the dreadful curse for my soul What a wondrous love 
great I am While millions join the theme I will sing While millions join the theme I will sing What a wondrous Faith FM on the go with the free Faith FM app, available for Apple and Android. Welcome back. You're on The Marriage Project here on Faith FM with Bethany and Chapo. And this afternoon, we are talking about boundaries. We've had a whole bunch of chitter chatter back and forth. <laughs> chitter chatter. <laughs> that may have been helpful, uh, but we're going to get into some good stuff now. So tell us, Bethany, tell us about some good ways of thinking about boundaries. Okay, so the book that I recommended earlier before the break, Henry Cloud, Boundaries, big pencil on the front cover, um, he talks about how three-year-olds give us a great example of what it means to have boundaries. Now, Chap, have you ever had part in raising a three-year-old? Three times. And <laughs> and what kind kind of really big word does a three-year-old like to use and a two-year-old like to use? Um, it's a two-letter word. This is very loud. No. No. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So three-year-olds actually have great boundaries usually. What they have is the ability to be attached to another person and to be intimate and to be dependent on another person. But they also can walk away and have a sense of self and freedom apart from that other person. Then they also have the ability to say no without fearing losing love from that person that matters. And that's a big one. That's a big reason why a lot of us – are people pleasers and why we say yes because we're worried about the consequence of losing love or losing relationships because we 
don't know how to say no. Yeah, okay. And the other thing is the opposite side of that is the ability to receive a no from another person without withdrawing emotionally. So without sulking or having a tantrum at the age of three or 43 saying somebody said no to me and that's their choice yep. and I am okay rather than being like, oh, I'm, no, I'm not going to talk to you, hanging up on the phone or whatever it is to that other person because they said no because some of us still don't have that in check. Yeah. Yeah, so that work on your three-year-old skills. Yeah, that, that brings into the whole massive field, which is called emotional intelligence. Yes. Uh, which some people have a lot more of than others. Mm. Um, that is true. And if you struggle with if you struggle with receiving no or if you struggle with saying no, talk to a therapist about it and they can help you get to the core of some of those things that, that are really hard for you to get past when you're feeling stuck. An excellent example of boundaries is in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35. Okay. And it says this, rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. They found him, and they said to him, everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, let's go on to the next town, that I may preach there also, for that is why I have come out. Jesus who this, there's a helicopter happening right now. Yeah, don't worry um, about the helicopter. I hope that, that is not audibly <laughs> available to people. The helicopter was not in Jesus's life. Okay. So Jesus said no. Jesus has gone to take some time out. His disciples come searching for him. There are people with legitimate needs and illnesses, people that Jesus cares about, people that Jesus came to the earth to heal and to save. And Jesus says, no, let's go to the next town. I'm yeah. done in this place. I've got work to do. Was Jesus awful or horrible or unloving or unkind? No. No. He was doing what he knew he needed to do, and that's okay. So Jesus said no, and we can also say no in the face of very real needs of people that we love. Yeah, there's also that great example, and something tells me I've spoken about this before on the radio, or if not, I've preached about it in sermons a number of times, but the King Abgar the Black who was the king of the village of, and I hope I say this right, um, Osharon, which was a, a town outside of Galilee. Um, so, and it was a Gentile region. So it wasn't a part of, it was just outside the Roman Empire. Um, but he had heard of the miracles of Jesus and had actually, according to Christian tradition and legend and everything like that, but a lot of people believe this is quite likely that it actually took place, wrote to Jesus and said, hey, I am unwell, I have leprosy, I've heard rumours of your miraculous power, can you come? And according to the to the legend, Jesus wrote back and said, no, I can't, I am basically something along the lines of, I have another work to do. Mm. However, after I have left this place, I will send my followers to come and they will do for you what I would have done had I been there. But again, it was that whole firm concept of Jesus like, no, I have something that I have to do that is why I am here. Mm. As much well, as I wish I could do that for you as well, I have to say no. That reminds me of the story of Jesus and the is it the centurion who comes to him and says, heal my servant? And then Jesus says, um, sure. And then the guy's like, actually just say the words because I'm a commander and I know that when I say the words, things get done. And so I don't want to waste your time. Say the words and, and I know that it's going to get done. And Jesus commended that man who wasn't a Jew for his faith in him as well, yep. which is pretty cool. And that brings into the much bigger concept that everything you say yes to, you have to think about what you are saying no to. Yes, which is really hard. Yeah. Because so for Jesus to, yes to, to have so said things. yes in mm. that circumstance, he would have been saying no 
to the priority that he had put in place already. Mm-hmm. Probably when we spoke about priorities a couple of weeks ago, this is where we've covered some oh, of these maybe, ideas maybe, yeah. already. Um, but, yeah, like the idea that, you know, like I'm in the middle of nominating committee season. I've got a, a bunch of evening meetings at the moment and it's exhausting and it's an, it's it goes for a long time. Mm. Um but because that's going on, I have to be much more protective of my time at home. So just last night, I had someone saying, hey, could you come and do this for me on Wednesday evening? And I knew that it was the only night that I had to be with my family. I would have liked to have done that, would have made next week easier to get that thing done now. But I would have been saying no to my kids. Yeah, I would have been saying no to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like I even had this morning, I had a friend who was like, oh, after school drop off, do you want to grab a coffee? And I was like can't got an essay due and an exam so there goes my social life until the other side of that and so sometimes when we're saying yes to something that's important we have to say no to another thing because a boundary needs to be put in place which isn't easy and it isn't always fun but it is necessary yeah so proverbs chapter 8 verse 29 are you ready for yeah i've got that one here so this is what it says it says i was there so obviously this is God speaking yes. through the writer of Proverbs. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries and when he marked off the earth's foundations. Yes. So boundaries, the writer here is saying, are what makes the sea wet and the land dry. Yep. And if we had not no boundaries, we'd have a big sloppy mess. <laughs> oh, that, what, a, what a great... Um, Something. Word picture? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, there's definitely like a all the English teachers listening are like, oh my goodness. These guys are horrendous. <laughs> Get your words figured out, guys. <laughs> but yeah, so the boundaries are part of creation. When God created the earth, he took what was formless and void and turned it into something that had boundaries. He took what was chaotic and turned it into something that had order. And he created boundaries so that not everything was mud, not everything was the same, but that there was differentiation between those things. And you look at the first half of the creation week, Mm -hmm. and it really is the creation of boundaries. Yes. So we often say say it was the creation of spaces, it was the creation of environments, but more it was separating things with boundaries between light and darkness. We needed a boundary that separated the two. We needed a boundary between what was uh, the the water and what was the atmosphere and what was land and what... It was about creating boundaries. And... Once those boundaries had been created, God could then fill it with his creativity, with growth, with intention, and with life. Because if he made all of the animals and chucked them in the water by day seven on the Sabbath, he would have rested alongside of all the dead animals in the water. It would have been totally (laughs) Or the one kind of creatures that were these weird sort of like fish (laughs) men and fish camels and stuff. I don't know. The imagination does run wild. It does. Um, I've got another verse here. Deuteronomy 19 verse 14. Yep. Uh, you ready for that? Yeah, go for it. All right. It says, when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession, you must never steal anyone's land by moving the boundary markers your ancestors have set up to mark their property. Yeah. So, there's like 
tens of these sorts of verses about ancient boundary markers and about setting up properly property and about, you know, when the first part of the book of Joshua is they entered into the promised land and then they divided up whose was whose and what belonged to which territory. And when you see the story of Abraham, you see that they're growing and then they put in a boundary, this is Lot's land, this is Abraham's land. And over and over again, you see establishment of boundaries. Mm. And also you see that God is saying, don't take away somebody else's land marker. Don't encroach on their land that I have given to them. And I think that's a really important thing to know as well, because when we move across the line onto somebody else's boundaries, that's when abuse happens. When it's talking about physical property, which is what it's talking about in the Old Testament, you're taking away somebody else's wealth when you take away their lounge. You're yeah. taking away their, their lounge. Land? Sorry. Land. <laughs> um, you shouldn't take people's lounges either, but <laughs> I don't, know, I don't think the Bible said to. much about it. It was more about land. But um, anyway. Yeah, well, it's robbery. Um, you're taking away their inheritance. You're taking away what they can give to their children. So you're putting them into generational poverty if you yeah. take away their land. You're taking about away their ability to grow and to be fruitful and multiply, which is what God wants humanity to do right from the Garden of Eden. You're taking away their responsibility and their ability to tend that soil and to grow that soil and to turn it into something that's going to turn into something greater. You're taking away their um, freedom. Yeah. You're robbing them. Yeah. Yep. We need to take a break. But after the break, I reckon we can get into what this has to do with being married people. Right. Do you reckon? Yeah. We've talked a lot about boundaries. Boundaries seems like a pretty legit idea. It sounds something God's in favour of and it's helpful. But is it for married people yeah. or not? Or not. After the break. After the break. <laughs> All right, stay with us here on Faith FM. Follow your heart is what they say. I know that if I do, I'll be following something I can't know. Deceitful and untrue. I couldn't love you if I tried couldn't find a way Unless my heart is led by God I'll only go astray If we want to be one heart, one flesh One instead of two There's got to be three cords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us with The fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you? Well, God is love. He gives to us a priceless gift that's free. He gave himself. He gave his all unconditionally. I want to love you like he does, Lord. Give me eyes to see. The only way I can is if you live inside of me. Wanna be one heart, one flesh, one instead of two. There's gotta be three cords woven, God and me and you. If our hearts burn within us with the fire that consumes, only then can we say I love you. Love is kind, love never fails It ain't boastful, proud or rude It bears all things, believes all things Rejoices in the truth and Love will never seek her own Love's patient, love endures And if we want love like that It's what we'll have to do If we want to be one heart, one flesh 
chords One instead of two There's gotta be three chords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us with The fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you Welcome back to The Marriage Project here on Faith FM. You're listening to Bethany and Chapo. Today we've been talking about boundaries, if you've just tuned in with us, talking about boundaries in the Bible, and we're moving on to how boundaries work in marriage as well. Are they for married people? Are they just for people in general? Are they? We've already established that it's a good idea, that it's a godly idea, that if you don't have boundaries, then things aren't separate, things aren't different, and everything's just a big mushy Mess. So right from creation, God separated water and earth. He created dry from wet. He made a difference. And that's why boundaries are important. And even Jesus himself said no to yeah. important things. Because as long as you have human beings, you're always going to have needs. Yeah. That's normal. But what's not normal is trying to meet all of those needs through one person because you can't do that. Correct. It hurts you. So Henry Cloud, who's the writer of the book Boundaries that I was talking about earlier, he says when we set boundaries, people can hurt because there's a space for the thing that we used to do for that person. So they might feel lonely. They might feel disorganized. They might feel like there are significant financial consequences. And when we love somebody, it's really hard for us to watch them be hurt in that way. Sure. But we don't have to rescue them either. Yeah, so it's I, kind of finding that line between both. I and feel that's like really a bit hard. we can talk about there with that quote. But before we go any further, I just want to make 
like just to articulate that there are two ways that boundaries relate to married people. Mm. Number one, it's the boundary that you put around your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the strong, solid foundation that is we are a unit, we are a family. These things are and aren't allowed to come in. Like I think that's one thing. Yeah, so like what's inside and what's outside of your yep, marriage. Yep, yep. Yep. The, and the other idea is the boundaries that exist between a husband and a wife. Yep. And that could be a really scary thought because Christians might be listening to this thinking, hold on. Don't two become one flesh? Like you're talking about there should be boundaries between. Yeah. And we're going to discuss that. That might actually be next week's episode, depending on how we go with time. Yeah. Um, but for now, we're just going to focus on the concept of the boundaries that exist around your marriage yeah. and putting up strong boundaries around you as a family unit. Yeah. And so if you're a person who hasn't been very boundaried in the past and you suddenly put a boundary in place, whether that's with a parent or a spouse, a coworker even, or a friend, all of a sudden – there becomes a space and that can feel really uncomfortable and you can feel like, oh, I need to feel it, I need to fix it, I need to fill it back up again and stop the pain from happening. Yeah, or, yeah. or with a, with parents yes. when you become married and all of a sudden you don't respond in the same way that you did because you have someone else to consider. Yeah, That can be a big painful experience. Something to bear in mind is that when your boundaries are being violated – there's like an internal warning system that goes off for you as a person and it can feel like resentment, anger, frustration, feeling used or hurt by the other person. And so it's really good to pay attention to that resentment as it props up because it stops you from growing the fruits of the spirit. It stops you from feeling love and from being generous and from being a whole and complete Christian person. And so when we have those feelings popping up in us, we need to address them and say, well, where's the boundary that's making me feel this way and how can we address that? Yeah, right. Yeah. Cool. Which is really important. So we need to have boundaries to the outside world in our marriage. It's really important. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a cool quote and it's from a book called The Art of I knew you Gathering. had a cool quote, which I've is got why a quote I said why. Like I, I've got some idea why. I'm not a complete <laughs> idiot, but anyway. Anyway, I didn't bother reading The Art of Gathering because I sort of went on Goodreads and had a look at some of the quotes because I thought it was kind of going to be cool about church and the fact that we've been having church online and how it's important to meet again together in real life. But it was sort of about how to make cool parties and how to make gatherings that really matter. And I was just like, meh. But she does have a cool quote and it says this, Barack Obama's aunt once said to him, if everyone is family, no one is family. It is blood that makes a tribe, a border that makes a nation. If everyone is invited, no one is invited in the sense of being truly held by the group, closing the door creates a room. And I thought that was really cool. Just, yeah, that so, idea, closing the door create, creates a room, is really important. If everyone is family, no one is family. And when I hear that, I can't help but think of all of the generations of pastors' kids who grow up to resent church and faith because their family wasn't sacred. Mm, because mm. their um, whichever one of their parents was the pastor was making everyone else family and treating everyone else like family except for them. Yes. I was um I can't remember if it was listening to a podcast. It was something and the guy was saying, he's a Christian guy and he was saying you don't read about the disciples or the early church talking about how having kids and running church was hard. But you hear that a lot from pastors today. And so he's saying the yoke of Jesus, the way that we carry ministry because of what Jesus wants us to do in our life shouldn't cost us our families. And if it yeah. is, we're doing it wrong. And I just was just like, 
Uh, yeah, doing it wrong, but also like society has changed so much, so much, and to get people's attention and hold people's attention and stuff like that. It like I wish that we could return, and this is we're totally just riffing here. Like <laughs> I wish we could return to a day where people simply gathering around the word of God, even if the music was boring or the pastor wasn't dressed properly or wearing the right, whatever it was, you know, we, it was exciting mm. to just hear God's word read and preached. Well, I guess that's the reality of consumerism is that we live in a world and in a culture that wants bigger, better, faster, louder, something more. And it wasn't really industrialized and marketed in the past the way that it is now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so also it's the neediness of are. people. Yeah. The neediness of people is something that I think has grown a lot as well. But Absolutely. anyway, we're not talking, this isn't a let's whinge about our pastoral <laughs> duties radio show. This is a marriage radio show. But no, I think it's really important because consumerism is something that eats away at the heart of human beings. And it's not the way that God wants us to run our lives and order our lives. He doesn't want us to be looking at and coveting what our neighbors have. He wants us to be content with what he has given us. He wants us to live into the abundance of who he is and what he has given us and how much he loves us. And sometimes we get running at the pace of the world where we are running after the next thing and that's not what jesus has in store for us because he has the right now in store for us he wants us to seek first his kingdom and all the rest of the things come later and they're not important yeah yeah wow thanks that was a total tangent on the barack obama quote which was if everyone is family (laughs) no one is family if everyone's invited no one's invited so the boundary is is around the fact that no one else is my wife but you and no one else is my kids but our kids. And it doesn't mean that I can't love or empathize or care for or pray for or all, all these other people, yeah. but I don't respond to them the same way that I respond to you. Yeah, and I want to add a caveat to that as well. It doesn't mean that only family is welcome in our home and at our table and in our lives because you and I have taken – like I can remember when we were living in another town, we were ministering to a whole bunch of teenagers who didn't have a church family or a place to go. Like they would come and they would spend the day with us and we would sit and we would eat and we would talk and we would pray and we would spend time and they would be invited into our home and part of our lives. And we were generous and we've even had like a young woman and live with us and we helped and supported her and like fostering kids all that stuff is really important generosity and even like the book of acts over and over again it talks about welcoming the stranger into your home so i'm not talking about that kind of boundary but what i'm talking about is the way that you treat your family the way that you treat the people that are biologically connected to you and part of your household needs to be sacred because God's given that to you as well. Yeah. yeah. And that look, that's I'm right now just sitting here feeling a little bit daunted and a bit rebuked. And I'm thinking, like, what is it? What are the actual real things that that we practice in our family that our kids know this is just for us? Mm. Mm. This is this is special because this is my family and that's my dad and that's mm. my mum. What are those things? And maybe we need to think more about that. Maybe that's a talk off air. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So when you get married, you're a new family unit. And the Bible talks about it in Genesis chapter 2, and we've referred to this passage of Scripture lots of times. Do you have it memorized yet? <laughs> yep. Yes, uh, it is. <laughs> I'm like, I better read For it. For this reason? Um, a man will leave his father and mother's household, and the 
Two will be and in one join flesh. to his wife. Leave and cleave. <laughs> and the two shall be one flesh. I think oh. that's pretty close. Is it? All right. Do you want me to actually read it? Sure. Okay. I'm finding it. You can probably hear the little pages turning. Do-do-do. Genesis 2. It says, Genesis 2, 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So part of being married right from creation is that a man and a woman leave their original family and cleave to one another. And that word cleave is like being glued or grafted in or fully connected. And so there is a boundary in marriage. What is us and what is them? And it's a really important one. It is Who's invited and who's not invited. That's a good way to word it. And I've got some big thoughts on this one that have been brewing uh, this afternoon, but we need to take a break. The timekeeper has spoken. That's right. Uh, Stick with us as we continue this discussion about boundaries on The Marriage Project here at Faith FM. Me and you, we are two pieces from different puzzles. Where you bend a curve, where you straight as were It's easy to feel like we're the most mismatched in the universe But God gave me your heart He told me to keep it safe Cause building love is hard Because we are such different shapes But oh my favorite Part of the puzzle is this That he's the missing piece That makes us fit You and me, we're a masterpiece That's under construction When we make mistakes, honey, let's retrace Let's reassemble when we fall out of place Cause God gave me your heart He told me to keep it safe Cause building love is hard Because we are such different shapes But oh my favorite part of the puzzle is this That he's the missing piece that makes us fit I'm not giving up I'm giving my this is a puzzle That we can solve God gave me your heart He told me to keep it safe Cause building love Hard because we are such different shapes, but oh, my favorite part of the puzzle is this that he's the missing piece that makes us fit. Want to hear more of your favorite presenters? Download the free Faith FM app for Apple and Android and stream hundreds of podcasts whenever you like.
Welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening to The Marriage Project here with Bethany and Chapo, and I'm talking incredibly fast at the moment because we have some <laughs> things that we want to continue to get through while we're with you this afternoon. We have been talking about boundaries in marriage, and we have just transitioned into the guts of it where we are talking about the boundaries that we build around our family, around yes. our marriage, that biblically the idea is that we leave and cleave. When we leave our parents' home, we start a new home. We start a new family. And while they're still our relatives, we cleave to our spouse and we build new boundaries. We step out of the boundaries of our previous home to build our own. Yeah, I was thinking about it in terms of a city. Like when you're building a marriage, you're building, you're establishing a new city. And I was thinking about in scripture how there's a woman called Shira who builds three cities and one of them is just over and over again throughout scripture. Whenever this city is mentioned, I think it's Beth Horan, it's fortified and it keeps getting built and built again because part of having a city is that you build walls around it. And why do you build walls around it? To keep the people inside safe and to keep the enemy or the threat or the attack outside the walls of that city. And that's the same in our marriage as well, that yeah. our marriage needs to have walls around it to the outside. Yeah, it's funny. Like, um, we finally got the motor put on our big gate out the front. Like, yeah. it took ages, and it means that we actually close the gate, okay, yeah. like, pretty regularly now when we never used to, and we get way less people come to the door because there's a big gate that's hard to get through, and no one knows where to find the little gate to get through into our yard. Like, it's good. But the reason that we have the gate isn't to keep the, the postman out. out or to stop people from visiting. The reason we have the gate is because we wanted to keep our children safe because we have a friend who lost their son and in a road a accident. Very dangerous road. Exactly. So yeah. safety is what you receive as a gift from having a boundary. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that you receive is intimacy from having a boundary as well. If other people are invited into your marriage, whether it is a mother-in-law, your children, your work – the, you can't have intimacy in the way that you could if it was just the two of you. Yeah, that mother-in-law might be one we have to talk about a little bit more. <laughs> Not about your mum. I love your mum, but Thanks. that's but uh, like we've got friends. Yeah, we've got friends we got, who are married. We got friends. We, we hear lots of stories. <laughs> hey, if you're listening to Faith FM right now, we've got friends. <laughs> <laughs> we got lots of stories about um, yeah, in-laws that cannot come to terms with the fact that their child is becoming their own person and that they have to consider the thoughts and feelings of their spouse before their parents. Yeah. Um, and but- make life really difficult and put their children in awful situations because almost they have to choose, well, which one am I going to choose? Who am I going to keep happy? Yeah. And in the field of family and therapy, family therapy, that mother-in-law relationship, whether it's to the son-in-law or whether it's to the daughter-in-law, it doesn't matter. That mother-in-law letting go of her child into a new marriage is the most challenging, toxic and difficult to boundary of relationships. Yeah, I, I've seen relationships literally erode and break down because and of forever fall apart because of the mum. And I get it. It's hard. You love your babies. I love my babies fiercely. Yeah. And it's really hard. But there is a separateness that needs to happen when a young couple or an old couple get married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about that more in a sec though. Yeah. And the other thing that it tells us in Genesis is that after the couple leave and cleave, after they leave their original family and join to one another, the reward that they get from having that boundary is that they are naked and not ashamed and that they know one another fully. And it's really important because you don't get that intimacy, you don't get that deep knowing, you don't get that attachment and connection with a significant other human being if you are constantly inviting other people to be a part of your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so that's a decision that you have to make together as a husband and wife. What about us is private and what about us is public? And also, who do you turn to when you've got a problem, when you've got an issue about who needs to take the garbage out? Are you talking to your spouse about the garbage or are you talking to your girlfriend over a cup of coffee or are you ringing up your mum and saying, I can't believe she's such a disgusting, lazy woman that she didn't take out the garbage? Whatever it might be, where are you turning to? And how are you keeping yeah. that boundary? Oh, look, in it terms happens with guys as well. Yeah. It does. Like, you, you'll be hanging with your mates and someone will be like, oh, my wife, why can't they just... And I always get really uncomfortable in that situation because I don't want to hear about what's going on in your marriage. <laughs> because I'm <laughs> because gonna, you're not talking to her about the problem. Yeah, yeah. I don't... That, like, this is not healthy. I don't want to know. And also, and even worse, when they turn to me and be like, oh, you've probably got some stories. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Which you do, and it's I'm not important to. In that. It's important. I'm not saying that it's not important to have um, female and male friendships, and it's not important to um, share and to be accountable and to be helpful to one another in your burdens. But that if you're saying something to your friend that you won't say to your husband or your wife, then you've got a problem with intimacy in your marriage, and you need to address it. Yeah. Um, social media. If you put a post up on social media that's all like, oh well. If you would only listen, then everything would be so much better, but life's not always that great, is it? Oh, dot, you, dot, dot. You mean those ones where- <laughs> Those people, cryptic. Those cryptic ones where you don't really know what's going on, but you have to kind of read between the lines and <laughs> and then you say, how are you going? Like, oh, f- fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't put a cryptic social media status up. Talk Ever, to your but particularly spouse about your spouse. <laughs> Just don't do it in general. It's kind of like, you know. It's like fishing. It's, it's like 2021. <laughs> like, the, you know, let, let's leave that back in like, you know, 2012 when that big was a big deal. It's <laughs> it's childish. It, it's not helpful. Let's just like, yeah. Okay, here's one. <laughs> here's one for us. As pastors, and I think we don't do this to each other so much because we can get each other back because we both preach. Yeah. But I have heard of stories of pastors who have had to pay their wives every time they mention her in a sermon because she is so annoyed that he is airing their dirty laundry in front of the church. Are you talking about your spouse in sermons or are you talking to your spouse? I know you need great sermon illustrations, but maybe it's not the right time or place. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard because, like, sometimes you've been at the same church for, like, four or five years and you've run out of stories and you just got to create some. Scraping the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's really important to ask yourself that question. Who is allowed into your marriage? Is it your mother? Oh. Is it your friend? Is it your kids? Because they shouldn't be there. And that's it. And look, you have to come back to the family of origin on this one. Who is allowed in your marriage. And when you say aloud, like it's like who plays a big role in decisions that get made? Yes. Who is influencing certain decisions, certain behaviours, certain um it could be anything. Like yes. like the way that you function, the way that you holiday, the way that you parent, the way that you um demand your rights or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like who's having that influence? Yeah. And are you willing like what is it in you that is so prideful? that you're not willing to accept the influence, the feedback, the comments of your spouse, but you're wanting to look outside of your marriage for that as well. Yeah. Like, why are you resisting your spouse? You married them. You chose them for your life and God has put them there. You know, so this is something, and because we spend a lot of time with young married couples, we give the the 
I guess, the encouragement to be like, hey, you've got to put up a stronger boundary between you and your mum because it's really affecting your marriage. Mm. It's affecting your your wife is struggling because you keep on letting your mum tell you what how she should behave, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like we are often giving that encouragement, like please, for the sake of your marriage, you've got to find a way to, to, to cut her out of this path, right? Mm. And f- However, we don't often get the opportunity to speak to the parents. Mm. We don't get to sit down with people who are in their late 40s, 50s, 60s or whatever it might be whose young adult children are getting married. We don't yeah. get to have those conversations. And when you, if you think of a boundary like a fence around your house, right, and biblically your child has to get go beyond your fence to build a new house with a new fence, are you giving them access to the gate? Like I can tell you so many stories about – you know, parents who were just like, what? You're not going to be here every single Christmas? We have to share you? Nah, this is not okay. And and then ringing their child to try to coerce them into making things happen. In You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah. As the parent, how are you making it possible? Are you standing in front of the gate trying to block them and not let them out of your fence? Or are you comfortably being like, hey, I, I knew this was coming. Here's, here's the gate. We're always here for you. Like you can come back you whenever, can come you, back want whenever you want. But here's the you gate. You can you can go mm-hmm. out. It does. It's not like you're saying that I'm cutting you off or I don't want to be part of your life anymore. But you're saying I am not going to interfere with your marriage to its detriment. And I guess that is a process that we haven't been through as parents yet because it comes through adolescence yep. when your child is really forming that I am me. I make my choices. This is what I want to do. And you as the parent are trying to figure out how do I still hold them? How do I still love them? How do I still keep them? How am I still there for them? How do I still let them know what's okay and not okay while they're becoming them? Yep. And some families don't even bother building a gate because they're so terrified of what their child is going to do or look like or become. And the house has only walls. But even Rapunzel let her hair down to let the prince climb up the walls. You cannot stop your child from getting out of those walls. And if you do it with a gate, if you are the facilitator of that gateway, if you do it with love and generosity and connection in relationship with them, you're going to be so much better off. That's right. Now, I know that there might be some people who are listening who are in that phase of life who are thinking, how dare you? (laughs) We we really have no idea. Your kids are in primary school. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And if that's the case, then I encourage you to record this, download it, give it to our kids so that they can play it back to us when we're 50. Uh. And more than that, like, we don't know. And I want to be honest and say we do not know, but we see that it is a challenge. And if you have a challenge and it is not working for you, you don't always have to solve the problems in your marriage and in your family and in your life with only yourself and the tools that you have in your pocket. That's why therapists exist. That's why your pastor is there to support your family. That's why you have a larger church community full of believers who have been through this before. That's right. Do not try and manage it yourself if you can't. You know what? This has been a good chat, and I reckon we could have chatted a lot more. I agree. Um, But we are going to continue the topic of boundaries next week when we talk about the boundaries that need to exist within the marriage and within the family so that people can thrive and function and live their best life in Jesus. Cool. Um, But it's time for us to wrap up. Because we talked so many much today. We did. We have loved being with you this afternoon. Stick around here on Faith FM and tune in next week, right afternoon, 
And uh, yeah, we'll be back. All right. Bye.